0: Hello, this is Colin Parker, and you're listening to EQ&A. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with music and entertainment industry professionals. These are done in a weekly forum at Loyola University, New Orleans. Today's episode features Martin Atkins. Just as a heads up before we start talking about the points of conversation, I would like to point out that Martin uses a lot of, let's say, colorful language, so a frequent usage of words that the FCC normally wouldn't allow on television bothers you, this might be the episode to skip. Martin Atkins is extremely quotable, and so he has a lot of really great moments throughout the episode saying things such as, it's not about the cash, it's about the flow, creating a vibe, the Live Nation machine, there's no such thing as an overnight sensation, and what it means to just simply get out of bed. And now let's cut over to Martin Atkins. (laughs)
1: Number one, if you're, if you're like a graphics person, any graphics people here? Yeah, you're going to hate this. My th- frequent changing of fonts and styles throughout the presentation will drive you fucking crazy. Uh, so I started playing drums when I was nine years old. I joined a band with Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols in uh, 1979. That was Public Image Limited. I spent five years in Public Image Limited, the good years, the good albums. We did American Bandstand, and I met Dick Clark, and we told Dick Clark to fuck off. Um, I joined a band from the UK called Killing Joke. Um, I bounced into a band from Chicago called Ministry. I'm on the In Case You Didn't Feel Like Showing Up. That's me in the stripy shirt. I've done some work with Nine Inch Nails. I'm in the head like a whole video. I have a Grammy for my work on a song called Wish Drums. I have my own band called Pig Face that includes 400 luminaries, including Flea, uh, Danny Carey, and 398 other people. I have my own record label. Anybody here want to own a record label? You fucking don't. (laughs) You fucking don't. Uh, I put out 350 albums through a label called Invisible, which I started in 1988. I bought Steve Albini's recording studio and taught myself to engineer. Uh, what else? I started teaching by accident like 16 or 17 years ago. I have my master's degree in creative media now. I've written three books. Uh, Tour Smart, which you might use in a touring class. Too many, too many fucks, was it? <laughs> Um, My second book uh, is called Welcome to the Music Business, You're Fucked. (laughs) It's a great book. It's a fucking amazing t-shirt. And my third book is the prequel to Tour Smart called Band Smart, um, uh, which I've had for like two days now. Um, So I'm doing some interesting shit. Um, so let's start off. Top five tips of what to do when one of your songs is used in the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. So there's a lesson for you right there. Fucking topical shit. Olympic shit. Hands up. Anybody who's had one of their songs used in the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games... Come on, I, oh, it's just me. <laughs> what, okay, let's, we'll just go with this and imagine, you know, if, if you're ever in this position, you'll be like, oh, this is great. Martin gave me, I know how to deal with this. So first, you don't start a conversation, <laughs> you don't introduce yourself by saying they use one of your songs, well, w- 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 one of my songs in the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. You don't keep on mentioning over and over again that they use one. You share the credit. Uh, this is a song I co wrote with uh, Public Image Limited. Be thankful. Well, you don't be thankful because it's not going to fucking happen to you. <laughs> but if it does, be thankful. And, and lastly stay humble could you let's just let's recap that cuz I'm an educator I want this to stick share the credit be thankful you know <laughs> stay That's it now. Let's settle down because it's just amazing information from here on end. That was just me uh, being an asshole. It's another one of my great t-shirts, actually. So we're going to look at some touring and more. Um, I'm going to start off by telling you um, how I sold out the House of Blues in Chicago late 2016. I still play drums. My band, Pig Face, is still going. Um, And we did some different things to sell out House of Blues. 1146 people, I think. So I'm going to talk to you about that. We'll look at some trends in touring and then look at some general shit after that. Does that sound good? Well, touring... Touring is just going. What a great time to have written a book called Tour Smart, right? Celebrating its 10th anniversary because touring is just going through the fucking roof. Uh, yeah, well, it is. Uh, 88% of Beyonce's revenue comes from touring, 96% of Guns N' Roses' revenue goes on touring. Unfortunately, 92% goes on cocaine, but there you go. (laughs) So, um, this is the show we did at the House of Blues um, in 2016. So, uh, it's important for me. My band was important. Um, I wanted to make sure uh, it sold out. I didn't want to lose my ass. I think one thing I forgot to mention, I'm a father of four and I'm 59 years old. Also a really bad DJ. But um, So it's it's difficult to, to look at the prospect of losing 50K on a show, right? When you're flying in performers from all over the world. So I needed to make sure um, that the show would sell out. So I did, the first thing I did was that little bit of a kind of a Rolling Stonesy technique. It's like, this is our last show. We hadn't played for probably eight or nine years. But I said to people, this is going to be it. Um, maybe, and I didn't know that it was going to be it. But I said it was going to be it. <laughs> I did something else that I'd been working on for a, quite a long time. Um... I've been trying to make shows free, Um, I did it on the road uh, maybe 15 years ago Um, and we made a mistake. I I managed to do a combination of uh, merchandise coupons um, to make the ticket price free but instead of just calling it free show, this show is free, we called it free for all. We went like one click too clever. Not that that was very clever. We went one click, too clever with the the title of the show. And people thought it was just another name for another tour rather than actually a free fucking show. Right? So I learned all those lessons and then uh, put this idea together. So uh, the tickets were, I think, $50 each. Um, So if you bought a pair of tickets for me for $125. You got the pair of tickets, uh, two shirts, and $50 in coupons to spend at the merch booth. And so we're hitting our most enthusiastic fans, right? Because most of our fans would buy tickets and buy two shirts and go and spend more stuff at the merch booth. So I'm honoring the people I most want to honor, the people that you should most want to honor, the people who are loyal to, to what, you, uh, what you're doing. Uh, it's a good job that Live Nation are all over the Sioux, super new entrepreneurial ticketing uh, arrangements, right? Do you look at Live Nation in your classes? Okay, well they aren't. Um, they suggested to me with the two shirts in my almost free package we'll just give those shirts to people as they come through the door. I've never heard anything so fucking ridiculous in my life. Right, you've got hopefully 1146 people like, "Oh, do you have a large? Where's my medium? Oh no, this is there's a weird stain on this." And my friend just puked on the shirt. Can I get another? We've got a complete bottleneck in the doorway. Another point I might make is I don't know what the likelihood of somebody going to my merch booth, which is upstairs in the back, by the way, going to my merch booth and buying a shirt after we just gave them two. I'm not a scientist or clairvoyant, I'd put the likelihood at fucking 100% that no one's going to go, oh, I've got two shirts. Let me go and get another one. (laughs) Let's go for three. (laughs) Fucking nobody's ever going to do that. And so this is actually part of my master's degree. as well. So I'm sitting there going, what am I? I thought I was going to learn about Live Nation, and, and I did. I'm not having a go at Live Nation. They're a huge, amazing company doing all kinds of wonderful things, but they just don't always work in your particular niche for your purposes. So, I think the other point Live Nation made to me was if we gave out the shirts at the show, we'd save $1,533 on postage. Ooh. My way, the expensive, time-consuming way, creates 12 weeks of vibe. That's all we're trying to do, isn't it? That's the only thing we're trying to do, is create a vibe. One letter on this offer saved my ass. Does anybody know what that letter is? huh s where coupons yeah good one well, you, did you do you know it just randomly saying words is it the first s in ass is it no <laughs> uh, it's the s on coupons here's the problem if if I gave you a fifty dollar coupon Right? You're going to go and grab something from my booth if I give you a selection of coupons. $10 off a $15 CD, 12 $15 off a $15 off a $30 shirt, right? Even if you use the full value of all of the coupons, you've bought a shit ton of stuff. It's not about the cash, it's the flow, right? I can't have 1146 people all grab something from the booth and leave. I need to incentivize them to buy something. Also, um, I think I said to Live Nation, if I'm giving these merch coupons away, you're going to have to zero out the merch percentage, which I think they did. So that wasn't bad. One other idea helped with my inventory. I also have a shirt company. Anybody know the idea that helped with my shirt inventory? I just can't think when everybody shouts at once. (laughs) The question mark shirt. You get one pig face shirt and another shirt that I randomly bought at the thrift store. I don't know. It just helped. It gave me some flexibility to make a complicated idea work. Okay, back to the, uh, the package. The packages have opened up a conduit for grooviness. I'm posting pictures like this instead of pictures going, please come to my show. Don't forget. Please get your tickets. I'm just going, wow. The first wave of packages are going out just enables a different kind of communication. And as soon as those packages go out, people spread them out on the kitchen table and start posting them on social. Creating a vibe. Where'd you get all that stuff? From Martin, why? He's doing this gig, where? House of Blues, when? Thanksgiving, what's this deal? Where'd you get the shirt? Why don't I have a shirt? But you start to see some crazy shit that I just do. I put in a poster. Didn't say anything about a poster on my original offer. I wanted to delight people. I am surrounded by tens of thousands of CDs. (laughs) I threw all the vinyl away. Like eight years ago, I threw all the vinyl away. Fuck this vinyl. Kept the CDs. So I signed a bunch of CDs and threw in a CD. And then, because people had bought this ticket package from me, I knew their name. I knew I had to know their name and their address. So why wouldn't you personalize a letter to that person, that fan? Well, one reason might be it's a fucking nightmare. And you get hand cramps, and there goes your Sunday. <laughs> but I did, and and people were just kind of delighted that I wrote them a note. I think it spurred a bunch of people to spread this stuff out and post it. And then you see that other pig face underneath the logo there. I can't reach it. It occurred to me, nobody knew who was in the band. I didn't even know who was in the band. It's going to be a pig face show. It'd be fucking crazy. I'm like, oh my God. So the first people to find out the first lineup that we knew of were the 425 people who bought this package from me they were honored right which is also a reason for them to get on the internet and go well <laughs> i've seen the lineup right it's just smart stuff um yeah everybody was just posting posting madness oh i got candy I'll tell you about the candy in a minute. Oh, eat shit, you fucking redneck. That is the... Uh, <laughs> I've done some pretty good things behind a drum kit, and I think my books are pretty cool, but my t-shirts fucking rock, man. <laughs> yeah. Eat shit, you fu- That's the best pig face shirt ever. Um, so we, we do a little bit of Facebook advertising. Um, we had a pig face, a solid silver ring made. Um, we're just posting about all of these different activities um, leading up to the show. Uh, some pretty good sharing going on there. Pretty good sharing happening. So I'm putting these packages together. My wife was at the top of the stairs over at the office. I'm like, oh, shit. I've got to go get more candy. So I'm putting in signed CDs, a poster, a personalized note, and the lineup, and handfuls of candy into these boxes. And I just can remember my wife, she's standing at the top of the stairs like, you fucking do this to yourself. (laughs) And honestly, it kind of made me think. I'm like, ah, I, I, yeah, I signed all of those fucking <laughs> those those notes. I personally addressed them. Then you've got to keep them separate because you don't want to send uh, uh, Raphael's letter to Susan. That's kind of insulting, right? Just all of this work. And here I am about to go to the candy store, the dollar store actually, for like the fourth time. I'm like $300 now into shit candy. Do I really need to do this? I haven't been contracted to do it. It wasn't in the deal. I wouldn't be... Ups- yeah, I don't know. I start to second guess the whole thing. But I did it. People fucking loved it. It's it's weird, you know. People buy something for several hundred dollars and you send them some shitty candy. They're delighted. They're delighted. There's a sound company that does it. Um... You loser fucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's where I got the idea from, actually. Because, like, p- people in the studio, like, elbowing each other out of the way to get the Sweetwater thousands of dollars worth of equipment because there's some, like, shitty little mints buried in the bottom amongst the, amongst the peanuts. Um, so... Um, Something that's in TourSmart is something called the Five-Pointed Star Inward-Facing Crush. Anybody use that? Does anybody remember that idea? You don't? Okay, I'll, I'll do it for you then. The Five-Pointed Star Inward-Facing Crush is this. If you want to play here, you don't go there. Let's say it's Cleveland because you want to get a review in Alternative Press or you want to shag somebody in Cleveland. You don't. You don't go there. You go to five places equally distant from Cleveland and you create a buzz there. And then you incentivize those people to come and see you in Cleveland, right? You don't just hope that they're gonna show up. You incentivize them. You say, we've got a new live album. Like, yeah, I'll buy it online. It's not available online. We'll have it at the show in Cleveland. You look at social media and if there's a bunch of kids in, I don't know, Columbus, Ohio, and they're like, ah, shit, I want to see the band again. I want to get the live album. We don't have any gas money. You send that fucker some gas money. You don't send them gas money because they'll drink it. You send them a gas card. And now you've got somebody with a car bringing three other people with him or her to your show, and now they're crying on the internet. I can't, what happened? sitting here with no money the singer from the band just called me they sent me to casa. now we're going to the show bam It will never be cheaper or easier to get people to come and see you. Anybody here stood on a stage at at one of your shows and looked at an empty room, there's nothing you can do about it day of show. The time to solve that problem is 12 weeks before the show happens. That's five-pointed star inward-facing crush. So we do it in the micro and the macro. Um, I started to dot around Chicago and do some different things. You can promote to hair salons, skate shops, tattoo parlors, wherever your crowd hangs out. Right? You can promote anywhere. So I'm DJing at the exit in Chicago, giving away tickets, uh, snowboards, uh, record store, any anywhere you could you could promote uh, promote to anywhere. So then I start to see the ticket sales coming in. I start to put them on a map. I forget the name of the program where you put zip codes in a map and they come out as pins. Thank you. And now we start to see people coming from all over the country and all over the world. Uh, Copenhagen, uh, Manchester, London, uh it's kind of crazy. So instead of asking people to come to the show, I'm just posting information about people who are coming. I'm like, oh my god. People are like, Vancouver, that's me. I'm like, You crazy fuck. <laughs> but it all starts to work. Uh which is a good job because this is about what Live Nation did. They put the band name in lights outside the House of Blues. Yeah, that really worked. A lot.
0: I'm going to jump in here real quick to interrupt Martin and talk to you about an ad read that we have for this week. It's the first one that we've ever had on EQA. and uh, The Scavengers Network just recently teamed up with Blue Apron, and of course, EQA is a part of the Scavengers Network. Blue Apron is a fantastic uh, service where they send you a box that has all the ingredients that you need for some high-end recipes that you can cook right in your home, and you get to keep the recipe afterwards, of course. I really love working with Blue Apron because I'm personally not necessarily a great chef, but Blue Apron gives you those ingredients and also then gives you... Uh, a very detailed guide step by step, uh, not just with words, but also with pictures. So if you're like me, you can sort of have a little bit of something to follow along with to make sure that you're on point. And so uh, Blue Apron is bringing us a very special event this month. Uh, For the next six weeks, Blue Apron is teaming up with Airbnb to bring you the best home cooking from around the world. Each week, our menu will feature a recipe developed with a local chef who hosts an Airbnb experience, like a pasta making class in Tuscany or a market tour in Tokyo. So to get $60 off your first six weeks for this special team-up event, just go to bit.ly That is l-y slash s n apron. S as in scavengers, n as in network, apron as in blue apron. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And now we'll go back to Martin.
1: Kind of, I'm slagging a bit on Live Nation, aren't I? Um, But they're a big machine. You're not. I think the mistake I made for about eight minutes was thinking, I'm going to stand back and watch the Live Nation machine just fucking, what was that? That was 1,100 tickets sold like that, Martin. You're on the rocket ship to success, mate. I watched for about eight minutes, realized it wasn't going to happen, and just started doing it myself which is kind of what I was o- I've always done anyway. Um, we did an art show in May, um, which is great uh, lead promotion for the event. Um, at the art show, we had some uh, pig face, solid silver logo rings made, gave some away for some causes. Um, we did an event with brown paper tickets, which is uh, um, Pretty cool company. Uh, You're probably familiar with Eventbrite. Brown Paper Tickets is is a a uh, self-funded, longer uh, surviving company than Eventbrite. Then we start to make uh, scenery, made some pretty huge scenery for the show, which is more expense, right? If you run a budget for a creative endeavor like this, you can start to second guess all kinds of things. It just seemed crazy. I wanted to have unique scenery. I've had unique scenery for most of the shows and tours I've been involved with since Killing Joke. I started making scenery for for them. But karma, I think, is real. So as we're about to go in uh, to this aircraft hangar that this guy let us use to make this scenery, I meet up with a guy who contacted me two weeks before. He said, hey, do you have any scenery from the tour you did in 1991? I'm like, oh, I might. He said, can you send me some pictures? So I sent him a couple of pictures. He's like, that wasn't that. So I went scrambling around in the garage, found some pictures, sent him a picture of this piece of scenery from 1991. And as I'm walking in, to Fort Knox Studios in Chicago to spend about four grand making new scenery for the new show. This guy on the right bought that piece in the middle and funded most of what we did over those two days making scenery. So, um, this stuff works. We, We talk about overnight sensations and how quickly somebody makes it that seems to be a yardstick right overnight sensations there's there's no such fucking thing i think it's seven years to be an overnight sensation and now some of the things i want to work on are a 20-year plan to survive in the music business. Because I've been doing this since I was nine, professional since I was 16. My great-grandfather was an advanced man for the circus. There's obviously stuff going on that you can plant seeds and harvest later. Uh, We added a warm-up show the day before, Reggie's Rock Club. Anybody here been to Chicago, familiar with Chicago? Yeah. Thanks for that shout out. Um, So Reggie's is a club on the south side, 500 capacity in the big room. And once again, we surprised all of the people who bought that ticket package from us. Like, hey, I see all of these people coming in for Thanksgiving weekend. We can't leave you in a hotel room or head down in the pool of your own vomit in some uh, bar. Come join us for our last rehearsal and we'll give you Thanksgiving dinner which was just nuts, I actually enjoyed that show more than the House of Blues show. Um, Gave us the ability to sell merch the day before and deal with all those messy fucking coupons the day before. We hadn't made enough anniversary shirts, so my merch guy, that's my son Ian out of the booth, my merch guys got to stay up all night making merch for the House of Blues show. We wanted to do it again. Um, Four or five of the people from out of town were granted two and three-year visas, which is not nothing when you're bringing in people from Germany, Scotland, um, Brazil. (coughs) Uh, Immigration costs, uh, in this case, about $6,500. Immigration costs can make or break um, something. Um, So I asked people, if we could do it again, I sent an email and I said, I, I don't even want to think about doing this again unless you say we can even talk about it. Right? And everybody replied and said, Yeah, we'd love you to do it again. So it's weird, you know, uh, things are fluid. That's how I describe my relationship with art these days. It's a knife. Fucking lick it. Jump in and do it. There's no straight line from A to B. There just fucking isn't. I didn't tell you I have a show with Bob Boylan on NPR and um, it's called the Martin Atkins Minute. So of course it's like nine minutes long I didn't get that job by sending Bob Boylan demos of what I thought the show could be. I went to Denver and ended up accidentally hanging out with him at an event I wasn't sure I even wanted to do. There's no straight line from A to B. Oh, stop trying to succeed in the music business 1992. Ooh, maybe you're not. It's 2018. You have to stay on top of the new technology. Couple of quotes on the end here. I love this, I was just at a conference in Illinois, self-employment in the arts conference. Baby steps are like battering rams. I like that a lot. Another one from Andy Cernowitz. Advertising is the cost of being boring. That's huge. That's huge. If you start advertising something, think about the thing you set up in the first place. Maybe if you put some more thought into the front end, you wouldn't have to advertise it at all. Hit the fuck over whatever it is, because it's fucking something. Always say yes to everything. Uh, Anybody here shy at all? Yeah? One person shouted out way too quickly to actually be shy. Um, I'm shy as fuck. And uh, it took like three years of me standing in front of this slide. Uh, This slide is in all of my stuff at the end for me to actually act upon it. My first reaction was, I was at South by Southwest EDU. I'm on my way to South by Southwest to speak on Thursday this year. I spoke at EDU and music last year. And these Canadian educators like, saw me in the hotel lobby, like, hey, we saw you speak. Let's go have, uh, let's go get dinner. And I'm like, I was just about to say, oh, I'm really tired, nah. And I remember my slide, my slide. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yeah, I did what the slide, what I typed. It took three years f- from my fingers to my brain, to my mouth. And now I said, look, I just did my presentation. It's been a long day. Let me just run up sh- upstairs, change my shirt. I'll be right back down. We'll go They're like, yeah and I get in the elevator and I press like two wrong buttons. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Oh, I'm trying to sabotage myself with my shyness. He's trying to fuck with me. I get into, I couldn't, couldn't, the key wouldn't work in the hotel room. I couldn't undo the buttons in my shirt. I'm like, oh my God, my body is like rebelling against me. That's a long story. I, I learned that lesson from Ivor Beyoncé from Enslaved. Um, could we all agree on this? Could we all be more awesome than a pasta restaurant? Am I kidding? No, no, this is deadly serious shit. All right, then. Let's make it it easy. Hands up if you agree with me that you'll be more awesome than a pasta restaurant. Hands in the air. Come on. Really? Well, great. (laughs) In Illinois, Olive Garden said, we'll watch your kids for two hours if you come and have some (laughs) pasta. So I see bands all the time. Well, there's nobody here. What the fuck? Support local music, motherfuckers. No. Will you watch my kids for two hours? Right? Because if we can't be as awesome as a fucking pasta restaurant, what are we doing? Are they setting the yardstick now? Is the bar too high for us to accomplish? Anybody here making music? Would you have a release party anymore? You just bang it out on Spotify. Would you make something physical and have a release party? Yeah. yeah. OK. And where, <laughs> and where is it? OK, that's good. Okay. What's the name of your project? Oh, feel Good. Feel good? In waffles. That's, that's brilliant. Huh? It's great. Watch out for the syrup. That's awesome. Most artists will just go, come and hear our new thing. It's, a, it's some kind of venue somewhere. I say, have your release party at a laundromat. Do your fans' laundry. Oh no, he's lost me now. I liked all this other stuff, Fuck Live Nation and all the rest of it. Do your fans, you don't have to do your fans' laundry. Go to a laundromat that isn't busy on a Tuesday, I don't know, and hire the people in the laundromat to do people's laundry. So when you ask me, we're having a release party. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm busy. We didn't tell you when yet. Yeah, I know, but I'm gonna be busy. When you get that reaction, you say, "Hey, we're having a release party in a laundromat. Everybody gets like one load of clothes." Ooh, absolutely! I've always, uh, I've always loved the, your band. Brilliant. Count me in. And because we are entrepreneurs, we don't just do that. We fucking maybe we get a sponsorship with some alcohol company. Um, We play some of the music and nobody cares because they're all getting their pants cleaned. Maybe we hand the owner of the laundromat some money to turn the heat down on the dryers. So the party just has to go on for an extra hour because you're holding everybody's underpants ransom. (laughs) Mm. And maybe even the assholes who don't like you, don't like music in general, and whatever, who took advantage of you to get a free load of laundry, maybe a week later they're putting on their like seventh pair of clean underwear, and they're like, hmm. Maybe I'll listen to that music. Maybe I'll go and check out that band. I don't know. Nobody gives a shit about what's important to you, and certainly not your music, bless you. Everybody has dirty underwear. Stop being shit. Stop being awesome. I, just, I used this at South by Southwest EDU, and people are like, oh, and started writing it down. I'm like, no, no, no. Perhaps you could remember it. Always be nice to everyone. The rule is be the nicest to the person with the least reason you can think of to be nice to them. Because one, two, five years from now, you'll wish you had been. Um, I speak from experience. Uh, when I was 20 at a show in California with Public Image Limited, I was an asshole. And I don't know if the beer wasn't cold or there wasn't enough beer. I don't know how you'd say that about Miller High Life, but there wasn't enough Miller High Life. And I got into this argument with the kid who was putting beers, cold beers in the dressing room. We ended up in a fight, rolling around on the floor. <laughs> Good job that person didn't turn out to be Kevin Lyman, owner of the warp Tour. Oh. Fortunately, I was able to apologize to Kevin in front of 600 people at a conference like 10 years ago. We've been friends ever since. But uh, that's not going to be the case for you, probably. Oh, you love this one. Get the fuck out of bed. Get the fuck out of bed. So, I've got four kids. I've got four kids. I used to wake up at five in the morning, one of the youngest ones kicking me in the back, puking down the back of my neck. Wake up like covered in puke, very much like the situation some of you might find yourself in tomorrow morning. (laughs) So I just get up and start working. Here's the thing, if you start working at 5 a.m., you are five hours ahead of, ironically, your arch enemy, the lead singer in a band called Arch Enemy doesn't matter much. At the end of a week, you're 35 hours ahead. At the end of a month, you are 140, thank you, hours ahead. At the end of a year, you're 76 days ahead of your archenemy. Simple. It turns out there is a band called Archenemy. I think I'm on the verge of a... Uh, um i've been t- I've been tweeting get the fuck out of bed for ten years to the point that uh it's now get the fuck out of bed coffee yeah uh it smells lovely too you want a bag That's, that's not just some coffee. That's dark matter fucking coffee. It's amazing coffee. It's unbelievable. Get the fuck out of bed. Um, so what I'm gonna do, because uh, my book just came out, uh, anybody who wants to buy my book outside, you can choose from either a Welcome to the Music Business You're Fucked shirt or a bag of my coffee. It's $20 a bag. I'll give you a bag free with my book. 30 Be more like the Pope. Oh, I should say, while stocks last. Right? The, the, yeah. Asterisk. Uh, be more like the pope so the pope had to tell the catholic church everybody in the catholic church there's a rule change if your husband was divorced you previously couldn't go to mass but they changed the rule that even if your husband had been divorced if you had not been divorced you can go to mass something like that right any catholics here broadly whatever okay so if I was to ask your marketing class, how do you get the word out? You might quite rationally say, well, we divided up into five teams. We've chosen regions of Europe and the rest of the world. We've hired marketing teams for each uh, segment. And we're going to get this message out over the course of the next month. The Pope made one phone call to some woman in Poland while she was making breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Look, hello? Uh, it's the Pope. Well, there's some static on the line. No, I'm cooking bacon. Okay. Well, anyway, it's the Pope. I just want to let you know the rules have changed. You can go to Mass, even though your husband is divorced. All right. Oh, thanks a lot, then. Better get back to breakfast. Cheers. Boom. That's, then the Pope goes about his business. She calls CNN Poland. It goes viral immediately, one phone call, the world knows about this, I know about this change in the the rules about divorced Catholics. Be more like the Pope. So my favorite quote, my dad gave me this quote, thank you dad. Make more friends in two months by being interested in other people than you'll make in two years trying to get other people interested in you. So if you're in a band, if you make art or music, nobody gives a shit. Just be interested in everybody else's shit. And eventually, they'll be interested in yours. Do something different. Do something different. The same shit doesn't work. Um, I did a... Uh, Scratch and sniff blueberry white vinyl seven-inch single. What does it sound like? It's fucking blueberry And then I started Throwing blueberry muffins at people I did it the last time I was here like eight years ago And I don't know how much money I've spent on fucking hostess shit since then But you create your own stories, you know, um I didn't want to, I, I, I keynoted Melbourne Music Week like three years ago, and I took a suitcase full of blueberry muffins down to Melbourne. Okay, it doesn't sound like much of a story so far, it probably won't be uh, at the end either. But I arrive in Melbourne, and I see on the internet, Hostess has gone bankrupt. What a dilemma for me. I've got an Aladdin's cave. A pirate's booty of blueberry muffins in my suitcase, illegally smuggled into Australia, granted. But now the dilemma, do I throw them to an unsuspecting crowd of Aussie fucks? (laughs) Or I could maybe, I could get some other muffin, I don't know, some donuts or some Australian shit and bring... Bring my muffins back to America and like eBay the shit out of them. In the end, I just threw them at the crowd. And I think they went back in business. So, uh, I, I always end my lectures by throwing blueberry muffins at <laughs> people. Free t-shirt or a free, oh, I threw the bag of coffee. Or a free bag of coffee if you go and, uh, uh, go and buy a copy of my new book. Thanks
0: a lot. Just as a reminder, this episode of EQ&A is brought to you by Blue Apron. Once again, the code for that was bit.ly snapron to get $60 off your first six weeks for the special team up between Blue Apron and Airbnb. EQ&A is also brought to you by Loyola University, New Orleans, and of course, the Scavengers Network. So thank you so much for joining us here on EQ&A. From Loyola University, New Orleans, this is Colin Parker, and we'll see you next week. Hello. I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we
1: can apply it to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world.
0: So join us every other Tuesday. Tuesday on whatever pod app you choose and we'll see you on the forbes see ya bye bye now <laughs>